And we continue with Our American Stories. And now it's time for our Rule of Law series, where we bring you stories about what happens when the rule of law is either present or absent in our lives. And here's Alex Cortez with today's story. Harvey Silverglade is one of the top lawyers in America whose mission is to protect our constitutional freedoms. And he's the author of Three Felonies a Day, How the Feds Target the Innocent. One of the major differences between state and federal criminal justice systems is this. Most state systems follow the common law rule. This is an ancient, inherited from the British, ancient system that says as follows. In order to be convicted of a crime, you have to be shown not only to have violated the statute, but you have to be shown to have intentionally and knowingly, there are the words, intentionally and knowingly violated a known legal obligation. What this means is the prosecutor has to prove to the jury beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant acted with an intent to break the law. And that is a protection that was built into the Anglo-American legal system. It has been around in Britain for centuries. It's been around in this country since the founding. But the federal system is different. In the federal system, you don't have to be shown to have understood the law. You have to have been shown to engage in the conduct you engaged in knowingly and intentionally. But of course, that's true of everything that we do except maybe what we do in our sleep. But it doesn't matter whether you thought you were doing something lawful. And that's how the feds are able to get so many people convicted. Whereas in the state, you actually have to have been shown had criminal intent. That difference between the state systems is the reason I did not write a book about innocent people getting convicted in the state system. Some innocent people do get convicted, but it's typically because the jury believes government witnesses rather than defense witnesses. Did you rape this person? No, not rape this person. But you have witnesses that you did rape this person. Did you commit the bank robbery? No. Either the teller gets believed or you get believed. But it's obvious that rape is a crime. It's obvious that bank robbery is a crime. It's obvious that arson is a crime. But in the federal system, all that has to be proven is that you did what you did and you did it knowingly and intentionally. It does not have to be shown that you should have understood or you did understand that what you were doing was a crime. And that's how they convict so many people who thought that they were acting perfectly innocently. And that's where I get my subtitle of how the feds target the innocent including a guy named Joseph Edward Morissette. Morissette is a Supreme Court case that every law student studies because it is such a paradigmatic case for the excesses of federal prosecution. Unfortunately, it is honored more 
in the breach these days. It is not followed, even though it is studied by law students. It's sort of an irony. But Morissette was this fellow who would go through particularly wooded areas, areas which had been used for target practices by the military in particular. And he would collect spent cartridges. The spent cartridges were useful, were valuable for the value of the scrap, but he would go through these areas and he would pick up from the ground lead and other metals that were used for target practice, and he would then sell the metal and he would make a fairly good living doing that. He was indicted because these materials were technically on federal property or technically belonged to the federal government. Mind you, the government was not going to be use them for anything, but Marr said he was indicted because this was technically government property. The charge against Morissette was that he, quote, did unlawfully, willfully, and knowingly steal property of the United States. And yet, the judge wouldn't let Morissette's lawyer argue that he didn't knowingly steal. That he didn't even know that he was on federal property, and that there was no notice that what looked like abandoned cartridges weren't technically abandoned, even though they actually were. How is that a system of justice, a rule of law, that a defendant can't refute the direct charge against them, but because federal law apparently doesn't care about you not knowing that you did something wrong, I guess a defendant can't make that argument. But sitting here as a non-lawyer normal person, it seems like you shouldn't be able to charge someone for knowingly doing something if the knowing part isn't on the approved list of what can be debated in court. But perhaps the government has a more enlightened version of common sense than we do. The problem, the problem in a case like Morissette, the problem in so many of these federal criminal prosecutions is the jury cannot get the whole story because technically it doesn't matter. If there's something that is not technically, legally a defense, the prosecutor will object to the admission of the evidence and you're not allowed to present it. So juries don't get a full picture of what the defendant did and what his state of mind was. And, and that's, that's because the rules of evidence are so narrow and in some cases so artificial that jurors don't get a full picture. Um, often, I think to myself, in the days when I did a lot of jury trials, I think to myself, if only this jury knew what I know, they would be so sympathetic to my client. But they don't end up knowing that much because the rules of evidence only allow the admissibility of technically relevant evidence rather than background information that the juries really should know in order to judge whether or not this defendant really acted in a way that was malicious or had criminal intent. So the system is skewed terribly against the defendant. Federal trials are not meant to paint full and accurate pictures. They're meant to give juries a very narrow, narrowly focused view that is usually the prosecutor's way of looking 
at what happened and why it's a crime. So that's the reason why the system being so unfair. That's the reason why 97% of defendants, why they're convicted at trial, or much more commonly why they plead guilty and just throw in the towel, even if they don't believe that they've committed a crime. The case made it up to the Supreme Court, which decided the grant review, and he won that case in the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court said that this, this stuff was abandoned. He didn't commit a crime. This was abandoned. It's not theft of government property. And that case is, to me, I had a, a chapter on it in, in three felonies a day because what it demonstrates is how the feds overreach and how they use statutes to convict people who act in perfectly innocent ways. It didn't matter that Morissette had no idea he was committing a crime. It didn't matter to the prosecutors that he did absolutely no harm to anybody. He did not really steal government property. The government abandoned this stuff. And yet, the feds went after him. Why in the world the feds would utilize resources of the Department of Justice to go after a guy like Morissette? You have to ask, you scratch your head. And of course, the answer is that these prosecutors don't have enough useful work to do. They sit around all day to figure out who they can get and how they can get them. And they so often focus on people whose conduct is innocent and who simply violated, arguably violated some statute that no normal human being would have assumed covered the activity in which they engaged. So to me, it is the paradigmatic example of the problem. And Barr said, what is case? But it doesn't seem to have stopped the practice that the court dealt with. You were listening to Harvey Silverglate, and he's the author of Three Felonies a Day, How the Feds Target the Innocent. And you can buy it at Amazon.com. It's a must read because this could be any of us, folks, especially if we work in businesses that have anything to do with a large federal bureaucracy. You are truly committing at least a few crimes a day that you don't know you're committing. And any knock on the door could ruin your life. And again, with no knowledge of committing a crime, how do you charge people with a crime? And I know you're wondering, listening, why didn't the, why didn't the Fed just tell the guy to stop doing what he was doing and he was on federal land? It's just an obscenity. And by the way, there's an extraordinary bipartisan group of lawmakers, from Republican Ted Cruz to Democrat Sheila Jackson Lee, who've gotten together to propose a common-sense reform called mens rea, which means guilty mind, and that you should only be charged with a crime if you knew that it was a crime. It's a bedrock of the rule of law in Western civilization, actually, but one that's tragically been missing in the federal justice system. Our rule of law story, the Morissette case, here on Our American Stories.